Well, uh, I would like very briefly to come back to Weber's theory of domination. <coughs> I deleted it from the questions, but I promise I will get this back in one way or another uh, for the next test. So probably the last thing you want to think about now is a test. <laughs> uh, but let me still talk about uh, the theory of domination. I think it's a very important theory, extremely influential and extremely insightful. So uh, let me just very briefly sum up where we left it last time, and then I move into Weber's theory of traditional authority. And uh, last time we were talking about the crucial distinction Weber makes between Macht and Herrschaft. Uh, Macht is translated into English as power. There is no um, question about this. Uh, the translation of Herrschaft varies. Uh, it is uh, translated either as authority uh, or it is translated as domination. Um, and I think most translations uh, are good. Um, I think uh, people um, uh, whom I feel closer in my own Weber reading uh, translated it more like domination rather than authority. Um, uh, and in fact, uh, I think just to emphasize you the uh, importance of the uh, uh, translational difference uh, in the notion of Herrschaft, the first uh, four letters, Herr, uh, means the Lord. So I think the notion of Herrschaft uh, uh, has a very strong implications of asymmetrical power relationships, uh, but I think domination captures better than authority. Those who translated Weber's notion of Herrschaft as authority, like uh, Talcott Parsons, wanted to emphasize that Weber um, uh, 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 looks uh, at Herrschaft uh, as something which is authoritarian, right? Where somebody acts out of authority, right? Um, uh, and this is a, uh, not a false translation, but misses an important point, uh, namely Weber's interest uh, in the way how power is being exercised. Uh, in fact, it in a way misses uh, Max Weber's roots in. Uh, Frederick Nietzsche, uh, or probably even I may dare so in Hobbes, uh, right? Human history is all about the history of struggle for power. That's, in my reading, uh, Weber's fundamental idea. Power with an important modification, and I gave you the citation uh, last lecture, but let me come back to this. Uh, power means the likelihood that people will uh, obey order uh, even against resistance. And domination means the likelihood that people will actually follow orders without being coerced to do so. Uh, so the notion uh, of domination or herrschaft does imply a degree of voluntariness and minimum level of belief that in fact those who issue order do have the right to do so or at least it is reasonable 
that they issue orders and I follow the orders. Or to come up with an even more minimal definition of uh, Herrschaft, that I cannot see any real alternative under the present circumstances but to obey the orders to the one who issues these orders, right? Uh, so, uh, and this has everything to do with the idea of legitimacy. And I put uh, uh, at last lecture this little equation right uh, uh, on one of the slides uh, that power uh, plus legitimation adds up uh, to domination uh, or authority. So what is legitimation? Weber said power is really an extreme case. That very little, very, it, it happens very rarely uh, that the one who exercises authority exercises simply by exerting power, coercing people to obey. Uh, those who are in position of authority uh, try to legitimate uh, their authority and try to come up with reasons why people subjected to this authority should uh, obey their authority. It's again very Nietzschean, the idea, right? That those who are exercising power tries to internalize your subjugation to power in one way or another and try to create in you, in you a morality, right? A set of principles by which you would say, well, uh, this probably may be the right thing for me to do. Or, as I said, the minimum definition, even if you don't particularly like obeying order, you say, what else can I do? The alternative, if I don't obey order, would be worse. Uh, or about the person who issues authority. You may not like the person who issues authority, but you will say, but the alternative is worse, right? So you can pick a course. You may not like the lecturer all that much or the way how it grades, but there were other courses you did shop for, and they were even worse. So you pick the least worse course, right? You pick the lecturer who seems to be the least boring and who seems to be the most reasonable grading your assignment, right? That doesn't mean that you are all that thrilled to be at lectures and to do assignments, but you have to do it, and under the circumstances, you go for the less evil, right? That's, I think, the kind of most extreme interpretation of Weber's idea of legitimacy. But Weber also, I pointed this word out to you. Weber said that all legitimacy contains an element of a myth. It doesn't mean that the person who tries to justify its authority is telling the truth. Whether it is truth or not truth, it's almost besides the point. The most important issue is that it creates a mythology about the reason why you have to obey authority. So what I've tried to underline already in last lecture, that Weber's notion of legitimacy is so much more sophisticated, 
so less liberal and 